Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. Who's ready to hear an inspirational weight loss surgery story? Today we're talking to Mona. Hello. Hi. So excited to sit and chat with you. So you're from Chicago. I am. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of a different time zones. I'm in Italy. You're in Italy. That's so awesome. I think I'm six hours from you, okay. but I have a flight in the morning. We're heading to Germany. I'm so glad to have you and chat with you today. Thank Can you, you tell me a little bit about you? Um, I'm from Chicago. I personally am just a crafty person. Um, fun, easygoing, love just to kind of meet new people and talk. I got my BSG on November 11th, just recently. I saw that. And I mean, I've kind of been overweight most of my life, um, more on like the curvy side. But in my 20s, I just or not even, probably like in my late teens, that's kind of uh, before I knew I had PCOS, I just kind of ballooned and I didn't know why. But later on in life, it's just, it gets harder and harder to try on your own. And I've done a lot of different things. I mean, I've done keto, low carb, and that's probably the best, like, quote unquote diet, you know, lifestyle that's worked for me. But even with that, it's just been hard to lose weight. So this has been such a great journey. I've loved it. <laughs> my highest was 390 and I got down to about 340, 345. That was like where I plateaued and I just couldn't lose anymore. My body didn't want me to lose anymore. <laughs> um, so when I originally talked to my doctor at the consultation, he said, you know, if you were to do every single thing right, eat hundred percent, work out, you know, this many times, et cetera, you could probably get to 295 like 300 yourself without getting surgery. But at some point your body is just going to resist it. Going through the bariatric route, he said, you know, and, and for me, it's not a weight thing. Um, wherever I feel more comfortable within my body and just like feeling healthy, mm -hmm. that's my goal. But um, ultimately he said, I can probably get to about 220, 230. I'm six feet tall. So I'm, you know, pretty tall. Yeah, I and saw that. So you struggled with the PCOS. Did you have other symptoms with the PCOS? I didn't have too many. I know a lot of people suffer with like the hair and, and, and all of this. I do have cystic acne, just controlled now um, about a year, almost two, going on two years. I started um, a prescription of spironolactone, which helps with the progesterone in your, you know, male hormone. Mm -hmm. um, that's what causes the cystic acne. And that helps did wonders for me because I had really bad acne, mostly just on my face and neck. Luckily, I, I didn't get it on my back or, you know, my chest area or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I've met a lot of people who get that hair gain and, you know, in between the legs and stuff. And I mean, I, I was fortunate not to get that, but I mean, the weight has been the biggest struggle for me, that and my acne. PCOS is debilitating, I think, for a yeah. woman. It's, it's hard to deal with that. Any hormonal imbalance is tough yeah. to have to go through. 
was like low on estrogen and progesterone. And so it's tough. It affects a lot. Like I couldn't sleep. Like it just affects your whole system. So your surgery was November the 11th. 11th. Wow. So you Mm -hmm. are not even a month and a half. Wow. I just feel like stage four. Um, it, it feels good. Honestly, I'm, I'm lucky to have as easy of a process as I had because I, you know, I, I feel bad because it genuinely, it, it hurts me to see people suffering and, you know, and they're in pain or they're having ass pains or they're just having complications. And um, from what my doctor told me, my anatomy internally when he was doing the surgery was perfect. So it, it just was a good surgery. And, you know, the same day, it was hard for me to get out of that anesthesia. Um, I probably just slept it off for a few hours. And then I was like, all right, I'm ready. I want to go for a walk. I need to like, I was just burping and, you know, just getting rid of the gas Mm -hmm. and everything. But aside from that, um, the only pain I had was, you know, just the incision tenderness, trying to get up and move around a bit. Um, No real pain that came with it. And, you know, there's people who have complications and I think it scares people off from having the surgery. And, you know, I, I, I like to tell my friends, I have a friend, close friend of mine, who's going to be getting this surgery in February, early March. And you know, I told her, I'm like, I hope you have as similar of a process as I did, because for me, it's been quite easy. You know, it, it's been a really great journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been able to hold fluids since day one. Um, I've progressed with food pretty well. I've haven't gotten sick physically. Um, I had dizzy spells and, and that kind of stuff, but that's just your body adjusting and readjusting daily. Um, but it's been a really nice journey and I've had so much help along the way and so many people caring and, and just asking questions. And it's funny because on online, you know, it's such a great community. It's so big and there's people at all different stages and I've had people message me and I answer them and I just give them whatever you know advice I can from my point of view. And they're just so at awe and they're like, thank you so much for replying. Like, why wouldn't I reply? You know, and, and that's you know, that you shouldn't have that's to be sweet. That's sweet. so yeah. thankful. I mean, that's it's it's yeah. nice to get that. Side note, side note, I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a doctor because I might have to get a revision for my VSG because I've been having a lot of acid reflux and GERD and Mm -hmm. solid foods are just have always been hard on me since I started solid foods. But Mm -hmm. I was talking to the doctor because they wanted to do like a documentary series on Uh someone from the beginning, their surgery and so forth. I told her how tall I was. And she says, well, and she was explaining to me the difference between doing surgery on someone that's, you know, short, like I'm 4'11", or even like 5'2", mm-hmm. like that's still short, compared to somebody who's taller, like 5'6", 5'8". She was explaining that your anatomy is just, there's more room in there to mm-hmm. really do a good video and everything's just sort of spread out and there's a lot of room and it's easy to get to everything. And just overall, you have a better experience. And I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. probably why, you know, you're doing so great is just your anatomy. You just taller, you know, you're, you know, your, your torso's longer. So there's more room. I just thought that was interesting when you talked about how everything went really well. I was thinking about your height. 
Did, did you have any like, prior health conditions before the surgery? Yep, I had I, I'm Hashimoto's, my thyroid. I had breast cancer in 2011. I was obstructive sleep apnea. I had a an umbilical hernia in my stomach. Yeah. I was severely insulin resistant for like years. And I never got diagnosed with PCOS, but I do remember having really bad cystic acne. This was like 10 years ago. And I remember the doctors gave me that spirolactone and I had to go to my dermatologist to get it. Yeah, me too. And I remember, what is this for? I remember they put me like on metformin and I didn't know what I was, what was wrong or what was, they were trying to fix it, but I never heard <laughs> the word PCOS, but so I never really got diagnosed with that, but I'm kind of curious now that I hear stories about those medications I'm, I'm kind of curious also my BMI was like barely at 35 I was like 36 something so mm-hmm. my highest weight was 211 which is a lot for somebody at my yeah. height nothing I didn't have diabetes or anything like mm-hmm. super major just a lot of things that kind of disturb a healthy lifestyle did you have anything else besides PCOS? No, I mean, luck, you know, I really had good health, you know, for the most part. Um, aside from having PCOS, I did not have any health conditions that were really disturbing me. Um, no high blood pressure, no issues with my heart, you know, nothing, no diabetes. My mom had a heart attack four years ago, and that's really, you know, immediately I made an appointment to go see my doctor and get checked out because. Yeah, that's, that's so scary. You know, she was at 99% clogged in a valve and, you know, if she didn't go to the hospital when she did, she wouldn't be here with me. My younger sister who was, you know, she's 10 years younger than me. I walk into the ER and everything and I'm just bawling because they tell me that, oh, they already took her to surgery. And my sister who's 10 years younger than me, she's calming me down. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be the big sister here. (laughs) But I mean, that, that was something that, you know, I've been trying to get to better health and um, for the last, I want to say three, four years, I've really been, so, yeah, about four years, I've been eating pretty healthy. I mean, here and there, of course, everyone has something, but I was never, you know, a binge eater or, you know, just making those, those types of choices. It's just my body was resisting no matter what I tried. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I have some asthma, like light asthma and I have allergies, severe allergies, but aside from that, nothing internally wrong with my health. And I mean, it's hard because when I was rapidly gaining weight, I think I was about 16, 17. And at that point of time, I definitely know that my health um, choices were not well because I was with an ex-boyfriend who was kind of like more verbally abusive, mentally abusive. And he was the one choosing all our meals. Like I'd be like, I want chicken and broccoli. That's what I'm craving well, I want Popeyes and, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, you kind of get stuck eating what the other person wants to eat and making those choices. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame, but that's when I really gained, I I think within a year, like a hundred pounds. And I don't know if it was necessarily just with what I was eating, but that's probably when my PCOS spiked as, as much as it did. And like, just really got me up there. Um, Well, you know, and it could be the high fat foods, but also just stress. Mm-hmm. I think being in a bad yeah. relationship 
is already a trigger for your body mm-hmm. to just go down a rabbit hole of because if you're not happy you're stressed you're not sleeping good your mm-hmm. anxiety overall that alone would make you gain weight and yeah not be rested and I mean I see so many um younger people you know both men and women getting the surgery and I'm like wow they're only 21 or oh you know and I remember looking into getting um the lab band over 10 years ago mm-hmm. and at that point of time it was still new on the market and I remember um the insurance that I had at the time just it wasn't covering that kind of procedure and you know, me and my mom went to this informational session and seminar and as soon as we left you know we, we found out that my insurance didn't cover it and it was just such a bummer because my mom was the one who kind of brought it up to me and you know, she, the way she approached me was you know like I don't want to hurt your feelings I don't want to whatever I just want to help you you know and I heard about this thing. I'm like, I, I've heard about it too. And I thought about it. She's like, well, like, you know, if you want to look into it, I'll support you. You know, if there's any extra expenses, you know, I can try to help. And mm-hmm. this is coming from my mom was a single mother of three kids. And, you know, we lived in an apartment and didn't have much money and et cetera. But, you know, just just kind of like out of the, the bottom of her heart, wanted to truly help me. She and, wants you to be healthy. And, exactly. Yeah. And when I told her I was doing this and she, you know, she's always been one of my biggest supporters and she was just excited and happy. And, you know, now even today we, we talk almost every day and she's like, how are you feeling? You know, how's this? How's that? And she, she's kind of concerned, like, you know, are, are you kind of progressing? And I'm like, I feel good. Mom. <laughs> it was like the best I've felt in a very long time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's nice to have that support system, but I mean, you know, these, these people who are doing this at such a young age and you know, it, that's so great because you're improving your life and able to truly Hold on. live it. How old are you? Because you look like you're 25. No. You look young. <laughs> I'm 31. I'm going on 32 in February. But that's still young. I had my surgery five months out and I'm 50. So you are not 50. I'm 50. Yeah. Wow. You yes, look ma'am. like you're about 30. Oh my God. Thank you. You are my best friend. <laughs> thank you so That's much. Awesome. I, I felt like I'm the same way. You know, I wanted to do it when my kids were younger, but my husband at the time, his insurance did not cover it. And I think it was lap band because lap band was one of the rigid first ones or maybe yeah. bypass was first. I don't know, but I remember lap band bypass was more like the, I don't want to say the go-to, but it was like, that's the one. And then lap band came out and it was the new big thing and everyone was looking into like, it. And- that, that was the easier route than bypass because mm-hmm. bypass seemed like so invasive. And so everybody went for the lap band and now everybody, and I, I was the same way. I, I thought of bypass, but I thought BSG didn't seem as scary to me. That's actually just... This- the same thing I went through because I, I originally thought I wanted the bypass. And then once I kind of did my homework, it's like, well, VSG seems like the route I want to take. And my doctor, um, after doing the upper endoscopy and all that stuff, he, he told me, he's like, you know, it's completely your decision. You might have slightly better effects with the bypass, but I approve you for either one that you want to choose. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I went the VSG route just because I didn't want those complications and, and et cetera. Well, and I just um, think it's the security of knowing that if we have a complication with the VSG, we get 
revise up to the bypass. Or let's say you only lose percent of the, your weight that you need to lose. Well, you could move up to the bypass. So much time goes by and you don't lose that weight or you get stuck. We could move up to bypass because I never had reflex problems or anything yeah. like that before. So it's kind it's of like a odd. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's a lot of the appeal of the DSG. I have a friend as well who's currently two, three months out and she has to get the revision as well because she's having a lot of those reflux issues and not being able to keep food down. Well, let me so, ask I you mean, a question. That's interesting. I'm kind of worried because I've already called another doctor, Dr. Joe Cribbins, which I wish I met him the first time, but I didn't, but he's amazing. What's the process for someone that needs to get a revision? Because it seemed like to me, I'm going to have to go through another six months of counseling and it's going to be holy hell to get approved with my insurance. So what was her experience? Um, so this is like very new. Um, this was just kind of discovered. And I think insurance approved it because it's a revision and it's, it's a medical complication, right? Okay. Um, but I, I think the first time around she paid out of pocket and, you know, I can send you her handle and maybe, you know, I, I'm sure she'd love to talk to you. And, and do well, I'm saying, did she have a hard time showing proof of her medical complications? Because here's my thing. Oh, no. I, because she's been going to the ER a lot. Oh, what's she going to the ER for? Um, I guess vomiting bile and just different. See, I did that too, but I thought it was my fault. Mm -hmm. You know, we have that mentality, like I failed, it's my fault. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm eating too fast. Maybe I'm not chewing enough. Maybe I'm not waiting enough time to eat. I felt like it was my fault. So Mm -hmm. every time I eat solid food, throw up. Like, what did I do wrong? Yeah, I feel like maybe I'm messing up or I'm doing it wrong. But at first, I thought it was normal. I thought, is Mm -hmm. this normal to people? Or maybe it was because I just started foods. You you said you're five months out? Yeah, I was five months on December the 10th. So when did, I guess, the the complications start for you? Well, wait a minute. I think I'm six months out. It was June the 10th. So I'm six months out. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. I thought it was five months. Um, as soon as I started eating food, as soon as I started my food, like you are being mm-hmm. a month and a half out, that's when it started. I just would eat and then little pockets of food. It's like I burp up, like it comes subtle. like it, it feels like it won't go down. And so little pockets of food comes up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so then it burns. And it just like, oh, five or 10 times of little throw ups. It's so gross. So gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, thought but it was my fault. Body. It's, you know, the nature, right? Well, I'll check on it. I mean, it happens. I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many percentages of people get the surgery and this could go wrong or this could go wrong. And sometimes it just gets us, you know, in that percentage. So it's okay. But I have an option. So what if I did the R and Y and there is no revision? So, but they say when you do a revision from this, it should take care of the issues. Yeah. From what my doctor told me, I mean, he, he basically said, you know, if you do the VSG and, you know, you're not progressing at a rate that is, you know, the norm for losing, or if you're not able to keep foods down or, 
you know, what, whatever the complications may be, if you have an extremely bad reflux, there's always the option to do the RNA and, and just kind of, it is the revision. It's, it's to help with those issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not, he's like, I'm not saying that it's going to be immediate because we don't expect you to lose, you know, all the weight all at once and your body's going to be adjusting and et cetera. But, you know, if, if six months out, you kind of see that you're having all these complications and issues, it's an option. So, I mean, I'm glad that you actually have that option. That's, yeah. that's good. But, but I'm so excited because you've lost how much weight? You've lost 48 pounds? How much? I'm actually at 52 pounds now. Holy shit. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Lost, thank you. I lost 30 um, before. So within the, the two months. And then literally after a month of surgery, after surgery, it was just under 20 pounds. So, exciting. I mean, it's. It is so exciting. And I'm just now kind of starting to see the, the notice, noticing the little differences, the changes, because, you know, everyone kind of, if you, if you don't see like my dad, he sees me maybe once a week, maybe every other week. He's like, you look like you're thinning by the day. I'm like, I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> He's like right here, you know, it's just like, you, you're you, shrinking. You you're literally that. shrinking. That's so awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. And you're young. And I mean, so I, that's good. I do nails as like my, my side hobby, passion, love. Like I'm, I'm I a see that manager. behind you, yeah. the nails. Yeah. So many different products and so many I love names. it. Wow. <laughs> so my clients and one of them, she's, she's a really close friend of mine, but I don't see her as quite as often as I'd like to. She's like, Monica, you look tiny. I'm like, <laughs> she's like, no, you look like feeling just like little, you know, getting so thinner excited. by the moment. I'm so excited and happy for you. I can't wait <laughs> to you. a year from now to see your pictures. I think I'm sure you've looked online and saw transformations and things. Oh, and- yeah the before and the after it's like a total different person and it just it takes it not only takes the weight off but it takes that heaviness Mm -hmm. of the struggle off the everyday struggle that we have when we're overweight every day it's I mean tying your shoes or something so so getting in a car yes You know, I mean, the, the mobility that I've gained mm-hmm. in just the 50 pounds I've lost and, and, you know, it's something that doesn't snap into your head right away, but you're like, wow, like I can bend down completely and my stomach's not in the way, or it's not causing me to feel like I can't breathe. You know, mm-hmm. I love to travel. And that's another reason I really wanted to lose the weight because I, if I can get paid to travel, it's exactly what I would do. I, I love to travel. I love to see the world. I love to immerse myself in cultures. I studied mm-hmm. abroad in Spain for um, a semester and I got to travel through Europe and that's just like something I love. And, you know, the, the discomfort of mm-hmm. having to sit in a plane next to someone, um, luckily it's usually me and my husband who travel, but, you know, if, if there's something and I remember being on a plane and just having to like literally kind of squish myself because I didn't want to cause discomfort to the people next to me either. I mean, I'm oh. wide in the hips and wide in the shoulder. And I'm, I just kind of like sat like this. And after the three hour plane ride, I felt like complete shit. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. I My know. body hurt. And I, I felt so just, just uncomfortable because, you know, I, I don't mean to be, you know, in your personal space. I'm so sorry, but know. you know, some plane rides don't allow for that. Yeah, I know that's hard because it's, 
it's a tiny spot, mm-hmm. no matter how big you are, because, or how small you are, it's, it's a hard, it's a, you only have this, much, there's not a lot of room in a plane as it is. So yeah. I can imagine, and for you to, for your privacy too, because mm-hmm. then you have people rubbing up against you and that's no fun either. What are some of your non-skill victories that you've already had so far? That I've already had? Um, definitely just being able to feel more comfortable in my skin. And I'm a very confident person. I love myself no matter what weight, no matter what size I am, et cetera. But just that, you know, that energy that I've gained. And um, I have, you know, some gold pants and, and I've, they're a size 12. I don't fit in them yet, but I know I will eventually. Right. And I've, I've taken videos and pictures and I should try on my wedding dress again, because I, I tried it on and did like a spin and the video. And I, I just tried to document it as best as I could because oh my gosh, yeah. there's, there's nothing like being able to put on something that didn't fit you before or that fit you so tight. And now it's like, Hey, there's a little room here. And I, I bought a size 16 jean. I was, um, for the longest time I've been wearing a size 18. Um, I went from a 24 to about an 18 and this summer I kind of gained a little weight. So I was more like the size 20 jean. Um, the size 18 was just really tight and I felt like a sausage, (laughs) but I blindly purchased a size 16 jean and I put it on and I was like, why is this fitting? Like that was the biggest nine scale victory for me. Cause I was like, I didn't expect this to fit me. And I, oh, I'm still exciting. kind of like, yeah, that's just like that shock. You're like, wow, like, okay, everything everyone is telling me is really true, but you don't really see it in the mirror ultimately. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. the side-by-side pictures are are great. Like I love seeing these face-to-face Fridays and I I've only think I've only done one, but I, I took a picture with my husband on Halloween and, you know, it's not that long ago. But I just felt like I see my face so fluffy and just, you know, full. And I, I couldn't believe that that was just a month prior. And I did the side-by-side picture and I'm like, wow, you know, that, that to me is like such a non-scale victory that you can actually see just, just small changes. It's not like, you know, you're going to lose a hundred pounds overnight or, or something like that. But for me, it's more like the feeling, you know, that, that, mm-hmm slight bit of confidence you gain too. And um, I'm going to be traveling for New Year's and I'm excited to see how that plane ride is, you know, to, to take that second picture and, and, you know, even if I, do I need an extender, you know, how, how's that travel experience going to be for me? Oh man, so that's so good. I think they come as they come and you just have to embrace those changes and these non-scale victories because, you know, th- that's more than what, the number on the scale says, you know, that the number on the scale doesn't change. Sometimes I was on a, a two week stall or, you know, I, I don't even think it's a stall. It's just, you know, your body's reacting and changing, but I could tell that I was losing inches. And I think it's important to take those pictures. And I think that's something people don't always do, but, you know, you have to document it for yourself just to kind of prove it to yourself sometimes like, Hey, this is where you were. And this is where you are today. You know, be proud of yourself. Love that change. Love yourself for, you know, taking those steps to do it and well and there's even times where we don't really lose any weight because I haven't I started exercising and then I stopped losing weight I don't know if it's because of the gaining muscle or gaining muscle or but I did keep checking my measurements Mm -hmm. and 
so I'm definitely smaller in my bus size and <laughs> the girls I've are the first a, thing to go <laughs> I've lost a ton of inches though yeah. yeah they are well mine are implants they won't go nowhere but but they usually <laughs> they are so mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of scary some people lose it all in their breasts and that it happens like I mean, I've always had a big breast or fat yeah, I've had a big butt my whole life, so maybe I'll lose my butt finally. I don't know. Yeah, just those non-scale victories, even just people telling you, like even if you can't see it, so nice to know that somebody else sees you and they're mm -hmm. in awe of it. So I think even that's a huge accomplishment. Your husband noticed, you know. Oh yeah, he knows. I mean, he's, he yeah. tells me everything. It's funny because like he, he was, you know, I was brushing my teeth or whatever and he comes behind me and just like rubs my back and he's like, oh, so smooth. You know, he's just joking around and being silly, but it's like, really? You think so? <laughs> I mean, even like the effects that I guess, you know, we're doing this for ourselves and we have our whole set of things that we have to do in, in order, you know, the way we eat, the, the smaller portions, the drinking, etc. But, you know, I've motivated so many people. And, and to me, that is like such a, mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an extra motivator for me, but it just feels so heartwarming. That it's like, you know, my friends who, who aren't big to begin with, I mean, they're, they're skinny girls, in my opinion, but it's like, oh, you've motivated me to eat healthier or to get more active or to do this or that. And it's like, that, that's awesome because you're doing something for your health, whether it's weight loss or weight gain, or, you know, we all have different end goals but it's so awesome to actually you know, just kind of get that I don't even know how to say it it's just sweet to hear from people mm -hmm. that yeah you know you you've done something for me and it's like I didn't try to but I'm so glad I did your whole family took it well about the surgery did you have a hard time with anybody in the family um so everybody has been super encouraging they're more so like everyone's reaction has been that's so awesome I'm glad you're doing that for yourself you know I'm glad you're taking the steps to to improve your health or you know just for you to feel good about it um all my clients were the same reaction I think the only people that and not that it was malicious or, or in a negative light but my in-laws were probably the ones that were worried um, but they're just worry warts about everything so they're just concerned you know like are you going to be okay any type of surgery is a big surgery right um, so they weren't discouraging by any means. They're, they're just like sweet. And my, my mother-in-law right away after I got home, she made a, a soup and, you know, sent it with my husband and they're, they're just sweet people. But I feel like that was the only, I don't know, that's not even the negative, but I've heard stories and, and I feel so bad that people don't have that encouragement and that mm -hmm. support system, because I think that's super important. And, and whether they have it in their real life or whether it's, you know, through this Instagram community that we've found. And I, I was never, I didn't think that the community was as big as it is. And every single day, you know, I get follows and I follow back the weight loss pages that I see, you know, if I can tell that are a weight loss page and, you know, the, the messages and the, this and the, that, and it's like to hear pe different people's stories, it's, it's so interesting because some people don't have that support system and they look to the people online and mm -hmm. forming those friendships and community. And that's so awesome that we actually have that opportunity to do that because I did never, ever thought that it was going to be this. This was just for me to document my journey and share with whoever wanted to see. 
but I've met so many amazing friends and people, you know, every day. Talking about community, we're, we're having events because we're um, having it in San Diego, Washington, and Orlando. Orlando and then the Fox. other three are in Texas. I'm like oh. central mid Midwest. So, so uh, we're having them all over. So you can check on there. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we're doing is inspirational stories. For San Diego, I have a mother and daughter that did the surgery. It's so That's sweet. Awesome. And they have a beautiful story. In Austin, Texas, we have four sisters who all had bariatric surgery. And they've lost close to 500 pounds. It's beautiful. And in Dallas, we have Tiffany with Life After Fat Pants podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. And she lost almost 350 pounds crazy beautiful beautiful stories so it's like if you're it really is. oh I know so if you're near any of those we're gonna have some pretty amazing things and giveaways mm -hmm. and but I'd love to hear stories I mean of course I'm doing this so I, I'd love to hear yeah other people's stories and I think it's so inspirational be able to peek in on other people's lives and get a feel for what they're going through I think that helps us in our journey it really does. A hundred percent. It really yeah. does. I mean, me meeting people and just seeing, you know, the transformation videos they post or just the pictures or, you know, getting to know them through the messenger or by phone or, or whatever it is. And it's mm -hmm. that, that outlook is phenomenal because you get to see like, this is a potential for me. And, you know, no two journeys are the same. No two people are the same. No two bodies are going to heal the same way or react the same way. But it's amazing to see the transformation that is possible through the bariatric route. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not the easy way out. It's hard work and it's, you know, relearning how to live your life in the best possible way. It's, it's a way that wasn't necessarily taught to us from our youth, from when we were growing up. Um, and it's, it's really awesome to have that second chance at life because that's the way I see it. it. This is my second chance at life and I'm not going to ruin it. You know, I, I, I don't want to be weighed down anymore. I don't want to have those struggles that, that make things harder. I mean, like travel for me, it, I mean, there's just like different things that I want to be able to achieve and just feel healthy and be able to have that energy and, you know, be more active, et cetera. And to see other people being able to do it, it's like reassurance that I can do it too. And so can anybody else. So you're just now going to start solid foods. I was just cleared to the sixth yesterday. So what's the first <laughs> solid food you've eaten? Fried steak. What was that like? It was weird. It was almost like, I like this, but I feel, I don't, I don't know. I guess like for me, anything I've tried to eat that I can tell is just not able to be pureed in my mouth. That's the way I've, I was explained to it, you know, chew to the point of puree. And like, I'll, I was left with some tendon. I mean, it's kind of gross, but I had to spit it out. But I got most of like the steak, the the whatever part of it. And just whatever I, I felt like, if I swallow this, I don't want to upset my stomach. Yeah. You know, I, I just spit it out. And I feel like that's just kind of the new norm is trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Because there's definitely been things that I've tried and I'm like, mm, mm, mm. How did Actually, it taste? Yesterday, do it you tasted anything that's like, wow, that does not taste like I remember it. Yes. Yesterday, <laughs> I, I got together with my husband and um, my best friend and her husband, and we made gingerbread houses. 
and it's just become a thing every year we just make gingerbread houses and there was wine and there you know I made a charcuterie board and just you know whatever and I had you know the smallest little glass of of wine that was my favorite wine I'm like you know what I'll try it like I'm not probably not going to drink it but to just taste it yeah I was like this tastes horrible like this is like a, a a wine that's kind of like a fresh but still has like a hint of sweet to it Mm-hmm. this tastes bitter to me this tastes terrible <laughs> like I didn't want it and so that was like my first thing that I've tasted that I'm just like that's not gonna work for me that's gross mm-hmm. yeah there's some things that taste like medicine to me now it's like that tastes mm-hmm. like cough syrup or that tastes like like I don't know it just your flavor changes or something I don't know just I love coffee I would I was one person to drink coffee like just to drink it, not because I need energy or anything, but just because I really enjoyed the taste of coffee. And I'm, I've always been a tea drinker as well, but like since surgery, since I was cleared, um, which was a week ago, whenever I had my follow-up, uh-huh. um, they, they told me like, yeah, you can, you can start incorporating caffeine. You can start having some coffee. And I just haven't cared for it much. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was never one to add like a bunch of sugar. So I know it's not that. Um, I've been just, I would be like a splash of heavy cream or milk or whatever. And I'm just like, I, this feels weird. I don't like it. Maybe it needs to be iced with like a protein shake in it or something like that. But yeah, I've never been a coffee drinker either. I was like a caramel frappuccino girl Okay, with cream and caramel, like a dessert. It had to taste like Mm -hmm. a dessert for me to drink it, but I've been really loving the, um, Starbucks dopio so you tell this is your order i want a venti dopio for mm-hmm. me i get decaf i just don't want the caffeine for yeah because a dopio means two espresso shots yeah yeah and i i can't have the caffeine of two dopio two <laughs> espresso shots so i tell them give me a venti decaf dopio with easy ice because sometimes mm-hmm. they go crazy with that damn ice at Starbucks yeah I every drink I order is always easy ice yeah it's um, easy ice and then and that's it and then you get it and I pour in that 11.9 ounce of Fairlife vanilla where they have the caramel mm-hmm. or if you want the caffeine you can be have a coffee flavor I pour my husband he likes the mocha in it because I'm not a chocolate person but he puts his, he puts the mocha in his fair life and it mm-hmm. tastes like a mocha coffee. Like if you like, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I just pour in my vanilla fair life in there and it tastes like a watered down frappuccino, I think, but you have just a hint of coffee flavor because that's everything, honestly, yeah, that's what got me through my pre-op, like the liquid diet. I had to do the liquid diet for four weeks for 28 days and I was allowed one lean green one lean green meal per day so I did protein shakes and applesauce and then one my dinner was my lean green meal but in the morning that's what got me through just being able to have that normalcy of having coffee but you know I would get um can I have a I would get a triple decaf espresso because I was not allowed to have the caffeine triple decaf, decaf espresso over ice, easy ice. 
and that was it. And then I would pour my premier protein or my fair life or whatever and mix it in. And it just felt like I was drinking an iced latte and it was, yeah, that's, and, and that's the thing. Everyone does this now, you know, protein, coffee, coffee. That's, that's like the thing. And I don't know. I haven't been able to get into it again. <laughs> I, I, would think, I would think you're kind of burned out after four weeks. You're probably, you'd probably rather yeah. have one egg a scrambled egg than than a profit again you know I think I'd be burned out and I can't do it every morning um yeah but just sometimes some days I just don't want to eat like I don't want to eat and so I do it when the days I don't don't really feel hungry but I make myself mm-hmm. drink that because it's easy I mean you, you kind of have to right yeah and that, that's good. the thing too like some have you been hungry that's like a question I get all the time do you get hungry no. And if I don't eat by, this has really been hard for me because I'm like, I'm six hours ahead of you. It right now over here, it's 2.45 in the morning. Yeah. It's like three o'clock in the morning. But if I don't eat by 10 o'clock, I won't eat. Like I'll forget and I'll get sidetracked and my day's already half gone. So no, I don't get hungry. And I'm the opposite. I mean, like I look at the time, so I'm supposed to eat, you know, five to six meals a day, every two to three hours. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm looking at the time. I have like a little, like, okay, it's this time I need to eat. Okay, it's this time, like, I need to drink. I'm constantly looking at the time because I want to make sure that I'm getting my nutrients in. Mm-hmm. But if, for instance, actually the last couple of days I've been bad with that, I'm just like, I don't know, I was just busy at work and, you know, doing this, doing that. And I get to the point where it's like, all right, it's been three hours or three and a half mm-hmm. hours. I'm like, I really should have eaten already. And I feel like the tightness in my stomach, like, excuse me, miss, please put some food in me. <laughs> and yeah. I, I get hunger. And I was talking to somebody else yesterday and, and they asked me, are, do you get hungry? I'm like, yeah, I get hungry when I'm supposed to get hungry. And that's like questions that other people too, like this was a VSG person. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, thank God you make me feel normal. He's like, I get hungry and people are telling me that I shouldn't huh. be eating hungry. I'm like, I mean, if your stomach is fully empty, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's normal to be hungry, whether you have, you know, 20% of a stomach or a hundred percent of a stomach. Well, I think you're, I think hunger presents itself different. Like I think 100%. hunger now is you get a pain in your stomach or you, I get nauseous. Uh-huh. And that's how I know I need to eat. I'm nauseous, yeah. but I don't get the stomach <laughs> grumbling, the typical. What I we have had gotten before. it, but I don't get it all the time. Mm, I think okay. it depends also what, what was the last thing in your stomach? Maybe it's not fully emptied mm. out. I don't, I don't know. I mean, who knows, right? It's different. It's so, it's so it weird. Is different. It's weird. like, so my, my grandma is the one who always asks me, she's like, do you feel hungry? Like do you, she's like just concerned. I don't know what every single time I talk to her, do you get hungry? I'm like, yeah, grandma, mm-hmm. I get hungry when I'm supposed to be hungry. Like I, I usually eat at my allotted time. So I mm-hmm. don't get hungry because I'm being good with it. But if I'm hungry, yeah, I mean, I'm, I have to eat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think it's just like the understanding of the process also for people who yeah. are my mom has a hard time. She's yeah. Like, eat finish eating finish eating and I'm like you don't understand I could only get three 
maybe four tiny bites, like usually two bites, I'm full. Like, mm-hmm. I hate that. Like sometimes I just leave my food on the table and I'm like, I'm going to come back to it. Just leave it there. You know, I'm, I, I want to eat it. That's one thing I, I had to ask about was because I, I do eat like a normal, I mean, my, my little normal portions of four ounce portion, but I've asked, I'm like, you know, I, sometimes I can have more than four ounces of, of a drink. And I mean, I'm not chugging it or anything by any means mm-hmm. I'm sipping it, but I can finish it or like a Greek yogurt, you know, I'm sitting there eating it over time with my little spoons and I can fit like that 5.3 ounces. And the way my, my nutritionist replied was, you know, it's different, like for food, I definitely would, would tell you eat your four ounces and that's it. Don't go overdo it. And and that's true because with food, I do get full and I, I feel my fullness. I feel like where my esophagus like begins and I'm like, all right, like that's enough food. Like we're, we're good. I can put that to the side, but with liquids, um, you know, liquids are a little bit different. So yeah, you can kind of put that in there because it, it, it's easier to like go through your system already. Mm-hmm. So she's like, but it's not abnormal that you can fit a little bit more liquid than, than the allotted four ounces. I think it just slides down easier. Yeah. It's not as, like, I can eat nut butter. I think cashew butter takes the flavor of whatever it's mixed with. Okay. Whereas it, there's some foods that just kind of go down easier. Mm-hmm. And so your your pouch really accepts it well. And you can eat, seems like you can eat more of it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. It's weird. And I, th- I think that's the thing. Every single stomach is going to be different. No two pouches are going to be the same size or, you know, absorb the same rate or, you know, I mean, your body is the way that it's made. I mean, mm-hmm. and the way that it was revised to be. <laughs> so, yeah. I, and that that's like something that, you know, when people ask me for advice, I tell them like, you know, if you're at the beginning stage of this process, it's going to be different. So, don't assume that somebody's journey is going to be your journey because your body may not react the same way. It may react 10 times better. It may have a little bit of an issue. It may like peanut butter or not like peanut butter, or you Mm -hmm. might react differently to a specific type of protein than other people do, or Mm -hmm. the way you feel. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's like what we have to put into perspective is that we're just all going to have a different route and it's not the a wrong way of doing things unless you're going and eating junk food every day I mean that's in my eyes like you're messing up exactly what you were trying to fix mm-hmm. but if you're taking your initiative and taking those steps and eating healthy I mean everyone's food is going to be different everyone's intake is just going to be processed differently mm-hmm. so like yeah, you said, you don't, right. you can't do peanut butter. I'm like, I love peanut butter. <laughs> My taste buds are really loving cashew butter right now. Like I can take down some cashew butter. I love cashew butter. Have you had anybody in your family who had bariatric surgery? Um, I do have a friend who is going on three years of having it. She's mm-hmm. the first person I knew who has had it. That was like, I mean, it was amazing because I, I saw her beforehand and I talked to her throughout it and just, you know, we, we discussed it all the time. And when I told her about it, she was so excited for me. Um, nobody in my family, I feel like this was a very big learning opportunity and experience for my family because um, my, 
my grandma, I think initially thought that I went to go get like surgery on my stomach, like literally liposuction or something like that. And my yeah. uncle was under the same impression. I'm like, no grandma. And, and uh, my friend's staff bought me the little berry, the little um, cartoon uh, stuffed animal, it's a plush. And it just kind of shows in two different colors. Like this is the, the, the one side of the stomach and this is the part that they removed. It's so cute. But that has been such an easy way for me to just show. So this is the full stomach. This is where they cut. This is what they took off and this is what's left. And they're like, wow, how much is that? I'm like, that's about 80% of your stomach that they removed. They're like, what? That's, that's insane. That's a lot. I'm like, but that has been the best visual to share, you know, to people. Cause I mean, you could pull up pictures, you can kind of pull up the gory ones. You could pick up, pick up like the cartoons, mm -hmm. but having that little plush, I'm like, look, this is how it works. And you know, like a little teacher moment. So yeah. that was really the easiest way to explain because some people think automatically like, yeah, she went to get plastic surgery done or I'm like, obviously it's still here. So, um, yeah. that's not what I did. Yeah, no, I didn't even tell my mom. She, she knew <laughs> I was going in to fix a hernia. Okay. So I didn't even, she would not understand to, you know, how grandmas are, they're just, that's um, kind of how my, my mother-in-law was. I mean, it's just automatic worry or concern or why that not really understanding what the process is. So, so what's your goal number? Ultimately, I mean, I think, I think my goal number that I've set has been 220, um, coming from my highest of 389, so 390. And at the start of this journey, I was 372. I mean, that's, that's basically 150 pounds to lose. And I'm a third of, and it's crazy to say, like, to think about that, that's like, I'm a third of the way through this process mm -hmm. and I'm only, you know, three months into it. <laughs> so it's yeah. like super amazing. And obviously you're not going to keep losing at the same rate. And there's going to be times where you don't lose at all. And you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that journey. But to, if I was 220, I think that was like where my happy weight was. When I look back, I've always been a curvy, like I have an hourglass type of figure but I've always had a butt and, you know, I've always had my chest and, you know, I might've been pudgy, but I was, I was comfortable and I was like happy at that. So if I can get back to that or, or close to it, and then even if it's not just like on a scale number, but around that size, I, I would be happy. But I don't, I also don't want to be like nothing against thin people. I just don't, I've, I've always been that curvy person. So I kind of want to keep my curves. Mm -hmm. whether I have yeah. to do you know 200 squats a day or what I have to do but I I like my curves I love my curves do you have any advice for anyone who is pre-op or early post-op any advice that you would that you want to pass on to someone else I think for me what worked and I what I you know I've been even praised for at my doctor's office is being organized like I have my little journal or whatever and, and I might not use it as much as I do did before but writing down every question you have you know like no question is a stupid question and you know this is a new life for you and you have to know how you're going to live it so how is this going to affect you um 
know, some, some questions that me and my friend Kasha, um, who's going to be having surgery in a couple months, had were, were dumb, you know, like, when can you have your first drink? Or when can you have sex? Or just like, so many different questions that don't come up, but you kind of wonder. And I think the biggest piece of advice is to ask those questions and, and get those answers from your medical professional. Um, don't look at Instagram as the only way, like every, every person has their own journey and you have to listen to your body. And that's something that I just actually yesterday wrote to somebody who asked me for advice. She's pre-up, pre-consultation, pre-everything. And it's like, don't get discouraged, but you know, not everyone is going to have that same journey. And you really need to start kind of listening to what your body needs. And after surgery, your body's going to start telling you what it needs and what it wants. And you're going to kind of learn those cues and just take it day by day. And, you know, even for people who aren't pre-op or aren't even thinking about the surgery, it's kind of like, you know, what do you think? How should I start? You know, when do I start? That's like a question I get. And it's like, start today and make one change at a time, a small change that you can do every day. Don't set yourself up for failure, you know, and then in a couple of days or in a week, add another change and add another change. And that's kind of how you start to live a new lifestyle, right? But I mean, for me, it was just staying organized and, and asking questions and just getting things done to get there. Because I had all my pre-op um, tests and everything done within, I, I, I think, honestly, two weeks. And then there was additional stuff they asked me to do. But you know, my doctor said that, you know, we can do this as soon as two to three months. But it depends on you. It's on you for getting things done. And I was lucky enough to not have to do the dietitian visits for six months and that kind of stuff. But within two weeks, I did every single test they asked me to do. I was able to be lucky enough to schedule my psych evaluation, my EKG, my this, my that, my whatever I needed done. And then I got my upper endoscopy like another week later and just things aligned, you know, and sometimes they align and sometimes they don't, but don't get discouraged for it. So just stay on top of things. Don't let them slip through your fingers. Cause I think that's, you know, a lot of us do that. It's just, we, say tomorrow or tomorrow, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And before you know it, a month goes by, a year goes by, five years go by. And you're like, shit, I never did it. <laughs> you know, And it's never too late to start. Just in life in general, that's good advice. Because we all have things that we need to do and we get behind on or we get sidetracked or mm -hmm. put ourselves last. <laughs> that's perfect advice. It's I been so, so nice excited. to see you. Yeah, you too. And I'll definitely keep track of your journey and thank you so much you're doing I'm amazing you too I know you have your complications but it's just another step for your journey I mean yeah but I've already stepped into the door of inspiration and hope I think because before this we have no hope you know it's mm -hmm. it's like this unbeatable every day disease like, that we can't fight you know we can't lose weight we can't beat it and so I think I still feel encouraged because I know that it's possible. It's going to be okay now. And I don't feel and like a victim. Like, what, it makes me emotional because it's true. It's like, I want to cry right now because it's like the every day that you live and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to change. And you like, I've tried everything. Mm -hmm. I've tried every diet. I've tried every fad diet. I've done keto. I've done this. I've done that. And 
and this was like you know th- that one thing that is a seriously a second chance at life because yeah. you you can do it and it's mm-hmm. possible yeah and it is encouraging and that hope does just get instilled to you and you can pass it along yeah. to everyone else so I think anything that we come across now is like I got this exactly I can 100%. be on a fluid <laughs> diet I can be on a soft food <laughs> diet I can I can do this I can go walk 30 minutes a day like that's nothing like I can yeah. like you, you're so encouraged now and I think that that's what bariatric surgery does it just gives us a a new beginning and a new mm-hmm. hope and it's such a blessing and I'm so happy to be a part of it and happy that I got to meet you and thank you for meeting and I wish I lived in Chicago because I really have some nail <laughs> biting problems coming bite. from the nail tech my nails are not the best I'm like I don't have time for my own <laughs> uh, it was so nice meeting you thank you so much all right bye-bye bye, bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content, deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.